Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. We are recording this on, I believe this is the last day of June, correct? It is June 30th. And, and unless I'm mistaken, we, we technically just kind of had the first day of summer, not too far ago, long ago. 21st, I okay. believe, is the first day of summer. Also the longest day of the year, the summer solstice. I get that it's the longest day of the year, but at the same time, the first day of summer is for people in the upper Midwest. Well, summer's about half over <laughs> at that point. Uh, but the good news is we're getting less and less the, to the beginning of college football. So that's a that's a good part of that. That is correct. The countdown I, has begun. I know you're not a big countdown guy, but once you get under 60 days, does that is is that's a watershed moment for me that we're getting closer to college football, dude. What's your what's your my watershed's more like 30 days. Okay, under a month. Yeah, under a month. Which I which I very I don't, much respect. Don't really think about it much until then. It's 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 in my blood more. Now I, I don't know what the deal is like warm summer hot months maybe it's because it reminds me of two days or something like that it, it, it starts getting me wired uh, another thing that gets me wired is uh hanging out with good buddies and i want to give a shout out to my guy zed man and and ej i uh, was in chicago your old stomping grounds kind of uh last weekend uh for the anniversary big anniversary for uh, mrs greek and i uh uh zedman and ej not only awesome listeners of the podcast they were amazing hosts in chicago we went to a uh, Morgan Wallen concert at Wrigley Field. Country music and Wrigley Field, Kurt, the two things that that get your interest going more, more than anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I missed that. Didn't didn't read the memo, apparently. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm I maybe not the biggest Morgan Wallen fan, but uh, my boy Zedman is, and so is my wife. So we actually traded spouses uh, during the show where his wife and I, we just kind of hung back and watched them enjoy the show, which was fantastic. Trust me. Uh, the one thing that we partook in uh, uh, the next day on Saturday that you would have been uh, a, a big fan of was, well, basically boozing all day long. Uh, and then we went to um, a place called, uh, oh, I'm going to forget the name of it now. Um, uh, Federales. And you you take a shot out of a shot glass made of ice. And then after mm. you take the shot, you get one throw to try to hit a bell that's about 15 feet away. And if you hit the bell, it makes kind of a bell noise and everybody goes, yeah, or, you know, or they kind of boo you or whatever. Pretty fun. Okay. Pretty fun little deal. I have not heard of this place, but I'm now driving distance. Yeah. And as it turns out, I. I was literally about two miles away from you without <laughs> knowing it. Like I for okay, so I knew you were you had your anniversary, so I thought you were hanging out with the the old lady, you know, just doing a Chicago trip, just the two of you. So I I never uh, bothered to ask, you know, where are you going to be? What are you going to do? Yeah, knowing that's that just... I was knowing I would be in town that that weekend because of uh, you know prior engagement. I just figured you guys were doing anniversary stuff, so I didn't even think about. Turns out we were about two miles away from one another actually i looked it up 1.8 miles away which is sad obviously I would okay love to and, and basically basically on the same north south uh parallel like we Correct. were directly east west from one another almost yeah. on the same street yeah which is hilarious but makes me sad at the same time would have been awesome to hook up yeah quite the uh helpless romantic i am on our 10-year anniversary we're with a bunch of couples, right? I suppose you're supposed to uh, technically be all by the two of us, but honestly, Mrs. Greek, she 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 likes to uh, have a good time uh, when the, when the um, environment is right. And trust me, she was having a good time both Friday and Saturday night. Um, then the second place we went to that I want to bring up, another place you got to check out is called Bub City, uh, the greatest bourbon selection I believe these these eyes have ever. Uh, scene it was in it was incredible so like if there's a bourbon you like you you, you got to go get it I, I i partook of the elmer t lee which was phenomenal so i pretty much like them all so <laughs> it's, it's fun you can't go wrong there um and then next thing i want to say is obviously the big story this week uh has been recruiting um following recruiting uh is would be its own podcast or in in some cases 
multiple podcasts for people. Um, and and I, don't, I don't think we need to wax poetic too much on this, but at the same time, um, maybe it's the where it's hitting me in life, you know, s- smaller kids married and whatnot, but trying to uh, keep my hands around recruiting uh, work, obviously, and all those things. I'll be honest with you, Kurt. I, I didn't even know that it was a gigantic weekend this previous weekend where a bunch of programs had recruits in the, their, their kind of number one goal recruits in and that it was, you know, then going to be a big commitment uh, day for, for many teams. I, Kurt, I, I didn't even, I didn't even know that. I, I don't know how that reflects on me as a college football fan. I, I wouldn't say it reflects negatively. In fact, at this point, I think it's more fun to watch, the fans reaction to recruiting <laughs> than it is to actually follow the recruiting because the recruiting for the most part from year to year, it doesn't change that much. The same teams are at the top. The same teams are at the bottom. There's a little shuffling here and there. And it's always fun to see, you know, if a guy's down to three teams, which team he chooses, but the the fun part to me is okay. Just the people that have no idea about recruiting. Oh, we got this recruit. This is amazing. They, they don't know anything about him. They don't know where he's ranked. They don't know how good he is, how bad he is. They just think it's great. He's on their team. I, I don't know. It, 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 it just, okay. And then it's always easy to pick Nebraska out. Like Nebraska's freaking out because they're not getting the same high level recruits that they're used to. But, but maybe, maybe rules just focusing more on a little more on character than, than they have in the past and, and fit scheme fit, things like that. So I don't know. It's just, it's funny. Which is a lot of the recruiting focus that other teams in the big 10 West have had for years. You know, and I, I, my point I'm trying to make is I think rules doing the correct thing, but you hit the nail on the head with that uh, uh, explanation right there. Uh, watching the reactions. I mean, for me, it's just, unless a team goes from where they're te- typically in like the twenties to like eighth, if you see some sort of jump like that, that, that that would be incredible, but going from you know twenty fourth to eighteenth, I just don't see that big of a difference because sure. you know again eighteen to to twenty eight whatever is a lot closer than eighteen to eight is or or probably even better said twelve to two you know because like unless you are one of those and we've we've said this on previous pods but unless you're one of those top four or five is is that about where you would put it classes like the those classes are a beast all of their own. Would you agree? Yeah, there's probably a cutoff around five, and it's very rare that teams recruit outside the top ten and win a national championship. The the one exception I can remember is Clemson was like averaging right. yeah. like a top fifteen class, and they won a national championship. Here's another one I'll throw out there. Oh my gosh, we got six six commits this weekend. This is amazing. Right? right. Are these guys any good? I have no idea. And that's. That's where I get to, and I'm sure uh, if people are listening to this, they're going to say, "Well, that's because I was not doing great in recruiting." Actually, I, I think I was fine. They're doing I, just I, fine. Yeah, I, just I, fine. I, I, I don't feel self-conscious about the recruits. I think it's good. I, I and I do think Nebraska should be happy with where they're at. With this being rules first class before he even you know like coaches a game. So like I, I definitely understand that. To me, it's and I get I get Nebraska fans that DM me. Minnesota fans, Iowa fans predominantly, and then, you know, mix in a couple other, and and they show me a recruit or something, and and it'll even be Iowa fans excited to show me a guy, and I say, looks good. I don't know. You know, number one, it, it, you know what I'm I think? Not, I'm not going to watch the huddle film. I'm just not going to watch it. I'm just, I think I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> that should be like a t-shirt. That should be like a t-shirt. <laughs> Listen, I'm not watching the huddle film. Um, that's great. It, <laughs> You know, you know what I was thinking of the other day. You just jogged my my memory. Uh, do you you know the Woody Woody Hayes where you throw the ball and two, two three bad things can can happen? You know. From... By the way, I use that at work all the time. Okay, okay. What is the actual <laughs> quote? Is it when you throw the ball, three bad things? <laughs> yeah, three or three things, three can, things happen, can happen. Two of them are bad. Okay, so it, along that same line of thinking, when I think of a recruit, you know, it's like he he verbally commits. Okay, number one, he's got a sign. Number two, he's got to show up on on campus. Number three, he's got to stay healthy. And number four, he has to be a contributor. Now, when each one of those things happen, it's a great thing. It's just 
how often one of those four come into play. So all of this time you spent getting so excited about this recruit was, you know, maybe maybe it gave you a pep in the day. And maybe that's what you needed. So I, I ain't got no yeah. issue with that. But I don't know. Maybe that's the old man yelling at cloud pessimism in me. I just that that's where my brain goes to all the time. Another fun one, and, and the, you know, I'll, I'll get to dig on it on the Illini fans here is, for instance, Illinois just received a commitment from an offensive tackle out of Omaha, Omaha Central, and Nebraska was in on him, Minnesota was in on him, a couple other programs, I believe, uh, Iowa had offered. So. Yep. And in the end, it seemed like it was down to Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska, and he chooses Illinois. And so Illinois fans are like, oh, we stole this recruit out of your backyard, Nebraska. Nebraska's like, no, we didn't want him anymore. And and to be honest, I think that is the case. I think that Nebraska said, you know what, I, I think we're good right now. I think we're actually not going to, you know, you should probably go somewhere else. So then as soon as he heard that, he said, okay, I'll go to Illinois. But it's just, I love watching the back and forth oh my between the fans. And, and the... the- the Illinois Nebraska rivalry got spicy this week. As well. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, Illinois, way, Illinois Nebraska fans. Kurt and I were DMing each other some of your back and forth because <laughs> it was entertaining. So, like, okay. thank you for thank you for but doing hold, that. Hold on, this is all it took to start up an Illinois Nebraska rivalry. Is Illinois got a commitment from a three-star offensive tackle out of Omaha? That's it. That's all it takes. Uh, who else was Nebraska warring with? <laughs> Carolina Panther fans this week. They're they're warring with Carolina Panther fans this week. Illinois football fans. Um, oh my god! Uh, but I, I will say, uh, just amazing. And that's another thing. Uh, now you're you're jogging my memory here. Is uh, um, every fan is convinced that they know the guys that their program went hard at? Yeah, Let yeah. me just say. No, you don't. No, right. <laughs> you do. I, you do not know. I'm telling you, unless you are a member of that kid's inner circle or on the football staff, you don't really know. And, and here's the thing: there could be shades of truth in that. The first time they started talking to a kid, they were hot on the kid's trail, and then they get to know a thing or two about the kid. Maybe they get another kid that shows them interest that they weren't expecting. And then they cool on the kid. Yeah. I'm telling you that stuff happens all the time. It happened to me during the recruiting process. Yeah. There was a team that very much wanted me that cooled on me. So, like, I know it happens. So, uh, when I hear these fans, like, th- they get it from some message board. Whatever source you think you have, let me tell you, it's not as good of a source as you think it is. No. Th- these things are so fluid and they change all the time. Absolutely. Um, okay. And then, but I will say when there is a head to head, that's interesting to me. That's more interesting than the stars to me is when two teams seem to be, especially if they're rivalry teams that I do find that interesting. But in the end, like there was a couple guys that I think you could use Illinois, Nebraska and Iowa again, as an example, but that when they offered them, they had no stars. Suddenly they have three stars. Oh, okay. So a star is born overnight just because. Well, so what happens? I always find that comical. So what happens in that situation is, by the way, there is no such thing as a zero star athlete. It just means he has not been evaluated Um, or he's been evaluated and they think he's less than a two star. So two stars, the lowest rating, period. There's no one star. There's no zero star. So what happens usually when he's a zero star or unrated, when he doesn't have a rating, and then suddenly Iowa's after him, Nebraska's after him, Illinois is after him, et cetera. Somebody from that service goes and evaluates them and then gives them a rating. And they say, holy buckets, this guy's actually pretty right. good. It just, we means he, stars. He just means he didn't have any attention before that. <laughs> now they know who he is. Now we got to evaluate him. Okay, and now here's his rating. But Kurt, if he was 6'4", 220, and ran a 4'6", when he had no evaluation... And then he's 6'4", 220, and runs a 4'6". After the evaluation, he's been the same person the whole time. No, it just it it just means that, that nobody spent any time watching yeah. him. That, that's yeah. all that means. And, and, and another thing, too, it's if, if we're really going to evaluate this the correct way, it shouldn't be evaluated uh, for four years, three, three, four, five years until we know how right. the guys stayed on, on campus, how good they wound up being. And don't get me wrong, like, I, I know... That obviously 
the you know the the Bud Elliots of the world. I, I I get it. Obviously, if you get more of the four and five star studs, there is a higher chance that you have more studs on your roster, and therefore you are a better team. That is that is painfully obvious to me. What's also painfully obvious is the those athletes. There's a finite amount of those athletes. Everybody else is getting the lower four stars to mid three stars. And I just believe that the rankings by and large of a middle four star to middle three star, they're very similar. I just, I think a lot of times they're, they're way more similar in, in talent and, and it matters more for fit and how they're developed than that, that star rating that they have the time that they were signed. I might cut it off a little bit lower. I might say basically like a low four star to a mid three star is, okay. is not that different. And, and, and not that they aren't different. It's that the evaluation matters very much. How that good you, are, are you at picking the right guy that you feel the evaluators spend more time. They have spent more time on a high four star is what you're evaluators saying. have. I'm talking about the coaches. Like okay. if you take a pool of, Low four-star to mid-three-star guys. A good coach knows which ones are the best. Okay. Okay. Way more than the evaluators do. I'm so just going this off. Is something, this is something that, as you know, Iowa's great at. They're great at saying, yeah, we don't need the four-star guy because we can take this guy, and he's just as good. And and, and since you led me into it perfect, I, I go back to the same Phil Parker interview I, I heard. I think it was five years ago, six years. It, it's been a while. And he basically said, guys, I don't know what to say other than we look at a guy and we see a mid or upper three star for his rating. And we can't see any difference than a guy that's rated higher than him. We just don't we don't know who the people are that make these decisions. We have to go off what we see and how it fits. I was not alone in that. Phil Parker is not alone of having that stance. I don't mean to make that Iowa centric. I don't know. That's just something that's always programmed my brain along with. Seeing guys when I was at Iowa that that were highly rated guys, obviously I'm not going to call anybody out right now, that came in, you're like, eh, you know, like you didn't think much. Yeah. And then Bob Sanders came in, who you, nobody knew, you know, he, he was probably at one point a two-star. Literally by the end of the second practice, you're like, that that guy's amazing. So like, I, I don't know, that's just always something that's going to wire, be, and, and wire my coach, head for recruiting. Coaches are famous for bullshitting about recruiting and you know, no, 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 these are the guys we wanted. You know, you have super to low rated class. But but that's one time I'm familiar with this Phil Parker remark, and you have to believe it because I was proven that. Right, and, and again, more more coaches have done that. What one last thing? The, 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 maybe conspiracy theorists. I I believe you would have a more educated take on this than me. Quite honestly, is um, but coaches get evaluated by their fan base and their athletic director on how these recruiting classes look, you know, top 10 recruiting class, top five recruiting class. So yeah. these guys that, that verbally committed now, what's stopping a coach or a booster from greasing the wheels? Because they're, this is a fluid number, right? You could go from a low four-star to a high four-star by, by the end of the football season. Correct. Wouldn't it behoove a co- somebody to grease the wheels of a recruiter of the recruiting sure. evaluators like, hey, hey, buddy, you uh, you nudge this guy up for to a high four star. There might be a you know Tesla in it for you. That that stuff happens, don't you think? I've heard some stories. Okay, yeah, and, and I've heard stories. By the way, going way back before way back. Was, yes, yeah, okay, good stuff. Hey, it's college football. I don't mean to be. If you are happy, I'm talking to you, the listener. If you are happy with your recruiting class, and it's something that. You know, gets the nips hard. I am happy for you. Go, go, run with it. In some ways, I'm. Probably I know. Jealous. I wish. I, I wish I felt the same. I know Illinois is ranked tenth. I'm pretty sure it's the best class in the Big Ten. <laughs> that's that's all that matters is your perception <laughs> of the class. All right. So on the last pod, we did kind of best worst case scenario ceiling floor is how we did it for the Big Ten West. We will obviously now honor. The other side of the conference, the class of the Big Ten, the Big Ten East. And uh, just to give you the rundown of how we're going to do this, we're going to do this alphabetical with the uh, seven teams in the East. Uh, We will give the best case scenario first. We'll give kind of reasons behind that. 
then we will take a dip into the ugly pond and give you the worst case scenario, aka the 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 floor, and we will go from there. Hey, since you're in Indiana, Kurt, how about you start off with the Indiana Hoosiers? All right, best case scenario, we know that this team is down, the program's hurting, they're kind of licking their wounds right now. Uh, This may be a little optimistic, but if you look at their schedule, if everything goes right, it it's they could be eight and four. Wow. Okay. Can you can you break down how that's going to go? Okay. They're obviously going to lose to Ohio State. You got Indiana State. You got Louisville. You got Akron. You could be three and one right there heading to Maryland, which is but that that that's not, that's a winnable game. Yep. That could be four and one right there. They got Rutgers. That's five wins. Wisconsin's got a new coach at Illinois, Michigan State, Purdue. All these, if things go well, I mean, yes, things would have to really turn around quickly. You'd have to have quarterback Taven Jackson, by the way, former four-star guy. No was, kid. Yep. And I, I got that. Yep. And I'm trying to come up with a term here. Like, is he, what if he's extend a Penix or Penix Plus <laughs> or Penix 2.0 or, or Repenix? I don't know. We got to come up with some term here. Yep. But what if he's? By the way, comes from Tennessee. Right. Remember, Penix was committed to Tennessee and flipped to. And by the oh, way, that's hilarious. Twenty-two transfers. And yeah. if you look at their transfers, now I I'm not saying this is the way you build a program, but if you look at their transfers, these are all really they're decent, like formally mm-hmm. highly ranked guys. I know it's a rakes a little bit of Lovey Smith and desperation. But then, you know, you'd have to have the chemistry come back too. they, you know, they used to love each other. Now they hate each other. Can they get to tolerating each other and liking each other and maybe loving each other again and then regaining the spiciness on defense. And the one thing, though, that's like, oh, this is never going to happen is when is the last time they've had a good offensive line? Yeah. Can, you know, okay. Can bring that together. Well, let me let me maybe pull into mine. So I got I got seven and five for the ceiling. I'm not far okay. off. I'm not too far off from you. Yeah. Hey, a guy that can fix all lights, Bob Bostad, who's coming over from Wisconsin. So y- y- if you want to try to be, you know, Hope Spring- Springs Eternal, it's right, it's right there. And yeah, Tavon Jackson, he just winds up being a, you know, run past nightmare for people. They get RPOs going. It's going to come very much down to the offensive line, a, a dual threat quarterback, and then the new faces on defense mixing together where crazy Tom Allen gets them to, to come together. I mean, that's what it's going to take all of those things to get there. You already kind of, honestly, here, here's a really positive thing. I believe the best time to get Ohio state is right when they have them get Ohio state. Number one, get it out of the way. See how far you are away from the elite of the elite. And then you take a gigantic step down to Indiana state and you get your good feels back. They can bounce back and get to four and one at that. Hard for me to see them beat in Michigan. So now you sit there at five and two, and then you kind of hit it. You know, Rutgers, you can get that win. Penn State, hard for me to see that. So like Penn State, Wisconsin, Illinois, oof, that that is a that that is a tough run with with Illinois on the run. But if you can kind of pull out a win from there and then finish up Michigan State and Purdue, seven and five is there. You, you got to squint to see it, but it's there. What do you got for worst case scenario? Okay, worst case there. This could go really off the rails really quick. I could see them going as low as two and ten. I can't see them losing to Indiana State. I can't see them losing to Akron. Every other game on the schedule is losable. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, what would happen? Just do what they've been doing, which is basically they're in a nosedive, and you can't pull out of the nosedive. You're going too fast. You just auger in and. It's over, and then yeah. Tommy Allen's gone, and they they starting from scratch again. So that's interesting. I thought about three and nine. I thought about three and nine, but I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not guaranteeing they beat Rutgers at home. Nope. I'm not guaranteeing they win at Purdue. I don't guarantee they beat Michigan State. As many winnable games is on the schedule. That's how many losable games are on the schedule. It it is a tough schedule. So interesting. You had eight and four. I had seven and five. You had two and ten. I had five, three and nine for my okay. my bottom. So my ceiling's a little bit lower. Floor is a little bit higher. Um. Uh. It, what I the reason I went from two and ten to three and nine is because of Tom Allen, because 
multiple times they could have quit last year and and they didn't like how they beat Michigan State I I, I will never it blew my mind you know to, at the end of the year last year uh so it's my it's my confidence in Tommy Allen just never letting them give up so that's where I went at three and nine but you kind of already hit it like it's hard for me to see them losing to everybody you know Indiana State Louisville Akron Maryland Rutgers but they could lose to a couple of those teams and if they do if they if they get out to something like you know a two and three start or heaven forbid a one and four start yikes it, it could get pretty ugly from there but I think you know there's enough there that we could see at least approachable and I think if it's a if it's a season that approaches a bowl they should be happy next up as the alphabet goes is the Maryland Terrapins so I've got nine and three for the Terrapins uh I think the biggest key is 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 it's pretty much what Locks has been saying repeatedly in the offseason is hey we got a quarterback okay so when you got a quarterback you got a chance I still think there's weapons they've got a weapon they've got weapons at receiver they've got a really good running back so it's it, the nucleus is there um yep the nucleus is there the defense I'm I'm not overly overly uh optimistic about but if it can be good enough to then balance off of the the offense being maybe even a little bit better than it was last year. I see a nine and three season in there. I, th- I think that's the ceiling. It is just hard for me when you look at the uh, with them playing. I mean, even Virginia is not the easiest game in the world, but at Ohio State, Illinois, Penn State, Michigan, it's hard for me to see them going much better than one and three, you know, two and two would be incredible with that stretch right there. So, and and Maryland fans, there is a I need I need to see it. This will be a theme for me for for these uh, teams. I need to see you beat an Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan first before I can predict a ten and two season, which is what it would take to get to get to that level. Yeah, I'm also at nine and three. Nailed it there. And how it would happen? I think yeah, they lost a lot in offensive line last year that they have a lot of guys coming in some some really good transfer offensive linemen so those guys would have to fill in and make sure the o-line doesn't miss a beat healthiness for leah huge deal and then the running backs not going for a sophomore slump but taking a sophomore step and i'm talking about roman hemby antoine littleton and by the way people forget about roman brown he was a Really high-rated recruit, four-star kid. This is a team that could potentially, if things go right, have a pair and a spare in their backfield. Great point. And then I'm also going to say, in order for 9-3 to happen, Locks has to take a step. as He has to mature as a coach and, and win the games he's supposed to win. And, 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 and you know, okay, I get it. You're in the East. You're, you got three really tough, tough games. And then... I, I realize the defense, I have questions too, but Brian Williams did a great job last year. Yep. So if he can continue coaching that defense up, that's that's part of the equation too. Then on the other side, I've got four and eight. Three and nine was on the menu with me at one point, but you sit there and look at the schedule. Like It's just extremely hard for me to not think they're going to start 2-0. Oh. I, I believe they will start 2-0 and oh versus Townsend and, and Charlotte. Virginia, Michigan State, Indiana, Rutgers, like, those are all very winnable games. So four and eight is the bottom that that I have here, and and how they would get there, you know, heaven forbid, I don't want any of this stuff to ever happen. But basically, Leah would get hurt, and the offensive line is in shambles. The defense can't, you know, uh, force a turnover, can't stop the run. It would take a system wide meltdown to get down there because I think even if it's bad, they'll still put points on the board and help them win versus those teams. But that's what a four and eight team would look like. Essentially O-line and shambles, Leah hurt, yada, yada. Okay. I didn't go four and eight. I went five and seven. Leah hurt. I, I agree with you, but also they missed their cornerbacks too much. Deontay Banks and Jacorian Bennett. So that hurts the defense too much. But when I look down the schedule, Towson, Charlotte, Michigan state, Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska Rutgers, there's just too many, there were too many winnable games here, like and in games that they should win for me to go down to four. That's why I'm at five and seven. Okay. All right. Next up, Michigan Wolverines. Go for it. Okay. So Michigan is the the kings of the Big Ten right now. And by the way, you look at every prediction, pretty much any of the, you know, the preseason mags, everyone's going with Michigan. They're the new Ohio State right now. Right. So 
best case scenario, I'm not going to disagree with any of them. They can definitely go 12 and out. And how does that look? Uh, it just looks like them playing Michigan football. But I think it also means as as good as JJ McCarthy is, and he play, he's very talented. Obviously, he played well last year. He's got to make strides for that 12 and 0 to happen. He's got it. And it's probably just a matter of becoming more consistent. Their defense is going to be great. We know that. Special teams is going to be very good as well. So they've got playmakers on offense, but how good is JJ McCarthy? Is he um, great? Yeah, I'm on. We're on the exact same page. Uh, I, I want to keep it somewhat private, but our our guy Jordan and I we we talked about this. And whereas I don't think he he doesn't think JJ McCarthy has to be elite special, which I which I agree. I I think they can win. You know, they could play 15 games on their schedule. Correct, right? Mm-hmm. I believe Michigan is good enough to win 13 of those games with JJ McCarthy mm-hmm. being good, but to win all 15. To get to the and win a national championship, he needs to be elite. So I think it sounds like me and you are on the same page with that. So basically, that means two games. You know, it might be Ohio State in the championship game or something like that. My highest ceiling I got is just short of a national championship. So I've got something like fourteen and one, uh, maybe thirteen and two, losing in. And why do I have them not winning the whole thing? Because I need to see it first. Again, that's my that's my theme here. But everything else that you are looking for in a championship-level college football team, Michigan's got. Yeah, so worst-case scenario, I have at 8-4. and four. Ooh, okay. And how's it going to happen? Again, I think I don't see a scenario where the defense is anything other than very good. I don't see a scenario where the special team is anything but very good. It's got to be injuries. It's got to be bad luck. And it's got to be, and this plays into the rest of this podcast, Ohio State and Penn State are both elite teams. Okay. Wow. Um, eight and four is that's too. That's just a little too low for me. Honestly, I at one point I flirted with with ten and two, being the floor. I went with I went with nine and three. But I mean, brother, you look at the schedule: East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue. I have to squint extremely hard to find one loss in there. Like I, okay. I believe they well, will start okay. nine and zero. Hold on, but at Minnesota is not easy, and Michigan State a lot lot can happen by the time okay. they play Michigan State, and that's a rivalry game. I will say, out of those teams that I just named, the three toughest teams are Nebraska, Minnesota, and Michigan State, and they have they've got them all on the road. So I, I will. So what I thought was, although I believe nine and zero is the most likely. There is a possibility that eight and one is right there, but then to lose mm-hmm. all three versus Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State, don't see it. Worst case scenario, they go one and two. So to me, worst case scenario is, is nine and three. And how does that happen? I think you already nailed it. I mean, injuries galore. And 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 I will say the number one injury threat is JJ McCarthy. There is a there's a gigantic gap between JJ McCarthy and the next quarterback. That's always the case between one and two. It's a gigantic chasm between McCarthy and their next guy. So that is a scary thought. And let's not forget Blake Corum's coming off an injury. That's true too. That's true too. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip need or in your perfect bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall and game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California, staying in the state of Michigan. We got the Michigan State Spartans. Okay, so ceiling best case scenario, I think it's going to be uh, a quarterback. And I, I don't know if it's going to be Noah Kim or Kaiten Hauser, but that guy is going to have to ball out. That That is what it's going to take is – it is a known thing pretty early in camp who the man is. The man takes the reins and gets him off to a hot start. Obviously, the defense is going to have to take a step up, right? It, it For a best-case scenario, and it might not take a top 25 defense, but we better be getting close to a top 25 defense. If those things come together, hot quarterback play, much improved defense, I can see 9-3 and three from, from this team. Uh Central Michigan, Richmond, Washington's going to be tough, Maryland. Now, here's the big swing game. To me, is at Iowa. You win at Iowa. Now you can pick up momentum. It is not beyond 
the shadow of, of, a, of a possibility that they win at Iowa. They win that game, then they beat Rutgers. Now they're going into Michigan as a, I mean, potential uh, five and one team. That is the hot start that is possible that could lead them into a, to big surprising things like nine and three. Okay, interesting. I think this might be the first of all the teams we've done up to this point where we've got a two game difference. Ooh, okay. My best case scenario with them is seven and five. I I don't like the trajectory of this program. Uh, it's not that they're lacking talent, but they are lacking talent at the quarterback position. I agree with what you said. I just don't see a quarterback balling out here. Uh, this would take, and I think even to get to seven and five, it would take miraculous offensive line and defense overall performances. Those are two areas that you can coach up, that you can coach, you know, not even great talent into playing great, but we haven't seen that so far. So to me, this even seven and five, like, yes, central Michigan, Richmond, but I don't see them beating Washington. Maryland's winnable at Iowa. I don't see that really being winnable, especially this year. Now, wait, 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 sure, wait but second, that- I would it be the biggest surprise? We're, we're talking best case scenario, uh, the biggest surprise in the world. If they beat Maryland at home and they ride a three and one start and they, and Iowa's offense, is somehow as bad as it was last year and they pull that game out. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just hard. It's hard for me to imagine it, it, even seven and five is hard for me to wow. imagine, but I couldn't go less than that. Hey, Sparty fans. That is at B one G K U R T. Bring yes. it. Says Kurt. Bring it. Says Bring Kurt. it on. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, listen, I nine and three is a challenge. Don't get me wrong. But after that, after Michigan, you know, at Minnesota, that's a tough one. They can beat Nebraska. I don't know. Essentially, I I basically would have them winning every game except the big three in their own yeah. division is, is what I'm at. That is a tall order. I just think it's possible. Um, and then as far as the worst case scenario, I've got four and eight uh, for them. Yeah. Um, something tells me you're going to be a little bit lower. Again, I just Central Michigan and Richmond, they're starting out two and oh, OK, like it's just very hard for me to believe. So they can they can pull out two wins from there playing the likes of Maryland, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Indiana. Like I see two more wins out of those four teams. So, so four and eight is, is as low as I can get in as and how they get there, how it looks. I don't think it takes much of, of uh, imagination. It, it kind of looks like it did last year, which is the offense sputters when they don't have the, the uh, weapons that they've had in the past and the defense just cannot get it done again. Yeah, I did go just a, one game lower than where I went three and nine here and again, Central Michigan, Richmond, don't see them losing either of those games. But I also don't see them not winning another game. And that's why I went with three. Three and nine. Okay. There's, so, you know, at, something I like to say every year at least once. Every team, no matter how bad or good, usually wins a game they shouldn't and loses a game they shouldn't. Yep. So, so. I just I just see them in somewhere in there. Even if everything goes wrong, they're going to beat Rutgers or Indiana. Yep. And, and you're not you're obviously not guaranteeing they're going to beat those teams, but two or three of those teams is what you're saying. So, yeah. Yep. All right. The Ohio state Buckeyes, you're up. Okay. So the Ohio state Buckeyes, they've kind of been, they've taken it on the chin the last couple of years here, right? Like they were, they were the big dogs. They were the bullies. Right. And they, and they got, they, they finally came against a bigger bully that punched them in the mouth and they had to go crying home to mommy. So best case scenario First thing that has has to happen is they got to get their mojo back. They got to become the the big bully again. And I think uh, the two things, and this is obviously, I mean, it's this is football. It's the same same for every team. You got to have McCord be a D A W G dog number <laughs> one. But then we also need to see where are the special players on defense. Who are they? Are they going to step up? We need to see. The Michigan, or sorry, the Ohio State that we were used to a few years ago and prior, where there was always just an amazing player or two or three or four on on a defense. So for me, mojo, defense, dog at quarterback, and they can go 12 and 0. Yeah, I got pretty much the same points. You you pretty much read them off my page. Um, And I'll take it a step further. If they can get to 12 and 0, they can get to 13 and 0. If they can get to 13 and 0, they can win a national championship. So that is the ceiling 
for me. Uh, whether it's McCord or Devin Brown doesn't make much difference for me, but one of those guys has got to be the DOG, as you say. I'm bullish on the defense. I think the defensive line is going to take a gigantic step up and and wreak havoc. Uh, so I have I have more confidence in, and it's typically been year two of Jim Knowles on where the defense goes from pretty good to amazing. Is there any reason to believe he can't make that work at Ohio State? Because it already looked better last year. And, and then, you know, as far as the DOG at quarterback, that essentially means one of these quarterbacks looks like a Ryan Day coached quarterback. I mean, that's essentially what, what we need to have because we know what the uh, uh, um, uh, uh, weapons, wide receiver and running backs are. And by the way, I said D-A-W-G. 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 All right, I'm interested what you got for worst case scenario. Okay, worst case scenario, even if they're not the bully, they're still going to bully most teams, right? Even even the secondary or tertiary bully on the block still beats up most of the kids. So (laughs) worst case scenario to me, they go nine and three and... And this only happens because McCord is not a D-A-W-G. He's a D-O-G dog. Ah, nice. I kind of ruined that for you. I'm sorry. Nice work. On top of that, we know that Jim Knowles defense, right? He knows defenses. He knows how to set him up. But what if Jim know less about defense? And like you said, you you always happens in the second year. What if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean... So I can't see them losing to anybody really other than Notre Dame uh, and, and the other big two. I just, right. I don't see it. Um, I got nine and three as well. Uh, hard for me to see the, the, the floor being underneath that um, with, you know, the losses, by the way, the losses are, they pretty much stand out on what you think they would be Notre Dame, Michigan and Penn state. Right. I mean, that's where you would think the losses were at. That's what would be what my predicted losses for this, this uh, floor type of deal. And how does that happen? What I mean, what happens if Ohio State's quarterback isn't elite? Like, Kurt, it hasn't just – we haven't seen the quarterback be very good. We have never seen a quarterback not be, I guess, what I would consider elite. What happens if we take two steps back and they're just good? Instead of elite or very good, it's just a good. And what happens if that's because the offensive tackles, which have been a concern, aren't good? And, and and all of a sudden you have a rookie quarterback that just does not have as much time to to do what Ryan Day wants to do with their deep shots down the and then and it's it's a scramble at that point and then yeah what happens if Jim Knowles' defense is fine but doesn't take a big step up all of a sudden you know they're they they definitely you know uh, beat Maryland but and I don't mean that they definitely beat Maryland let me rephrase that let's say they beat Maryland but coming out of that Maryland game. They've already lost to Notre Dame, and it they, they barely beat Maryland. All of a sudden, you're sitting here saying, "Ooh, this Ohio State game a team isn't quite as good as we thought." And then they go uh, and play Penn State at home, and Penn State's playing elite. That's that's what it would take. All of a sudden, uh, shockingly, you look up, and they're five and two, something like yeah. that. Yeah, could happen. Okay. How about we talk about one of the teams we just met brought up, the Penn State Nittany Lions. All right, so what do I got here? What do I got? I've got 12-1 and one Big Ten champs, okay? So 11-1 and one during the regular season, win the Big Ten championship, mm. get into the college football playoff. I've got to see more out of them to get definitely two wins, even one win, so, so that's my ceiling. And as far as what it looks like to, to get to that, 12 and 1 Big Ten champ, 12 and 2 college football playoff appearance. Drew Alar has got to become Drew Allah, which means he becomes a god. And that's about the only thing I'm seeing right now in this entire Penn State team that I have question marks. Maybe a little bit with the defensive tackles. I'm just not that concerned about it, but it's the outside passing game. And can Drew Alar become the man? If he becomes the man, I see no reason why this cannot be one of the most elite teams in college football this year. Okay, so you're are you, are you officially going eleven and one regular season? Yes, eleven and one. Sorry, I kind of jumped around. Okay, <clears throat> I'm actually gonna go. I, I'm buying this team. I'm buying stock in this team right now. I'm going twelve and zero. Okay, I think it's possible. Okay, and yes, I realize that Drillar is he's an unproven commodity at this point. I do have one more 
concern. It's not on the defense. It's they they we're used to having one at least one great receiver on this team and didn't really have that the last couple of years. We need a wide receiver to emerge. Also need those running backs to go with a software spring forward, not a software slump. Hmm. I think this defense is going to be nasty. I think if I had to predict right now the best defense in the Big Ten, I think I'd go with this team right here. And maybe I'm just being a little optimistic. Maybe it's like wishful thinking to have somebody other than Michigan or Ohio State, but I think they can go 12 and 0. Listen, I 12 and 0 is definitely on the docket for me, but when I'm looking at a two game uh uh pull of at Illinois, Iowa, okay, I know it's Big Ten West, but those are two tough, rugged teams to play. And then at Ohio State, at Maryland, and Michigan right after that, it is hard for me to see them going 5-0 and versus all five of those teams. So 5-0 and would be incredible. I, I get it. 4-1 to me is it would be incredible as well and would obviously be enough to get them into the Big Ten Championship or almost for sure would be enough to get them into the Big Ten Championship. So that's, that's where I landed. Pass me um, the blue Kool-Aid. Yep. Hey, I, we're seeing the same thing. I, I'm almost kind of jealous that you seem to be a, a, a rung higher for me on your uh, positivity with Penn State. Uh, as far as worst case scenario, this is a pretty bad worst case scenario, but eight and four is, is there. I mean, it's pretty much all the teams that I just named Iowa, uh, Illinois, Ohio State, Maryland, Michigan. Somehow they lose four of those five games. It's a very disappointing year. Um, I want to be careful how I say this, but. You know, it's James Franklin every now and then if things aren't going great, you know, I, I wish I could come up with a better term, but a bit of a front runner feel. And if they feel that they're out of the race, that there's a little bit of a loose focus, Drew Alar isn't as good as we hope. He injuries, you know, with the running backs and their wide receivers just never get the chance to get off the ground. The defense is hard for me to see that it's not going to be very good, but just not so good that it can make up for the lack of offense. I, I don't see much of these things happening, but that's how an eight and four team would look. Yeah. I also, for the worst case, have eight and four. And that would include some of the things I kind of mentioned before that they can't move the ball through the air, so they become one-dimensional, and then it just becomes easier to slow them down. I think it would also include a lot of bad luck, and I think it would also mean that Ohio State and Michigan are both elite teams. Yep, yep. And and Illinois, Iowa, maybe Michigan State, Maryland, those teams are better than what we think they are, and they suddenly look like a tougher game. All right, last team to break down on both of these podcasts. You're up, Kurt, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Okay, Rutgers. I love you, Scarlet Knights. You know that, right? The good news is they've got a really easy non-conference schedule. We're looking at Temple. We're looking at a really, really down Virginia Tech team. We're looking at Wagner. I do feel like they should go 3-0. and They also start with Northwestern. They have Michigan sprinkled in there, but the, there is a very clear path to four and one here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yes, you gotta start looking better offensively for the love of God, please start looking better offensively. We just need to get them coached up. We need to get them schemed up on offense. And it would probably, this would also probably take a little bit of a, let's call it a Piscataway quarterback miracle, <laughs> just a quarterback emerging out of out of nowhere and playing out of his ass, but it could go as good as six and six. Okay. Um, well, a lot of the things that you have right there, I, I, I have seven and five. Okay. A little bit higher ceiling there. The quarterback that would, you know, emerge is obviously Gavin Wimsat, where he is him. Okay. To use a, probably, I think that's maybe an old term. Now I don't know if the kiddos yeah, I think are using it. It's anymore. already played like two weeks yeah. ago. I think that was okay, but yeah, it's anymore. gone. It's pretty much yeah. gone now. Yeah. I think the defense is good. The defense would need to be good. It is, It is. you know, our guy coaching them up, making them look like we've seen de decent Rutgers defenses since Shiano's been there. We need to see it. And also in an improved offensive line. I know I'm kind of jumping around here. And with all of that being said, they still need to win the turnover battle battle more times than, than not. Uh, as far as the games that it's just extremely hard for me to see them win, at Michigan, at Wisconsin, Ohio State, at Iowa, Penn State, at Penn State. Maryland's a tough one, too. Like, those are all very hard, very hard for me to see those happening. But 
maybe they sneak one of those out, look a lot better in a lot of the games, and, and you get to seven and five. Worst case scenario. Woof. Okay, worst case scenario. Again, really, really easy non-con. So let's say they beat Temple. Let's say they beat Wagner. But let's say they lose to a lowly Virginia Tech. And I'm going to even – I should just rewind back to week one. What if you just lose to Northwestern? And we, what know. if you get fitzied? What if you get fitzied by Northwestern in week one? And then you lose all your confidence. And now you're like, oh, we got Temple. Oh, no. What are we going to do? I still see them winning two games. So my lowest – and a lot of this has to do with the, the quality of, of non-conference opponents. Lowest I can see them finishing is two and ten. I also have two and ten. I also have the same point. Um, you know, we kind of broke down the last podcast. Oof, that Minnesota Nebraska game to start the year out is huge for for both teams. I could say the same thing about Rutgers Northwestern. I know mm-hmm. this is sicko committee stuff. Maybe it's just me loving college football in the Big Ten. I'm gonna be really excited to watch this Northwestern Rutgers game. <laughs> Dude, it's absolutely both both teams, you know, are really going to have a hard time recovering from either one of these losses. I would probably say the team that would be most embarrassed with the loss would be Rutgers because it's it's at home. So with that being said, it's but it's it's not inconceivable that Northwestern would win that game. So if they do now, you suddenly look down their schedule, Temple, Virginia Tech, pretty much everybody but Wagner is a threat to lose now they'll pull one out because it's the Shiano effect so two and ten is the lowest I can go but boy I tell you what it's a tough schedule for Rutgers anyway you lose that first game it's it becomes darn near impossible yeah and this is a pretty pivotal year I think for Shiano we we were really high on him he's kind of sputtered out I really just think he needs and I I don't know how I feel about Kirk Shiraka as the higher I mean I think Kirk is great in certain situations. I don't know if this is a situation, but somebody's got to scheme them up here. And yeah. if they don't, I I think he's in trouble. Yeah, and and we still have confidence in Shiano as a coach. I I don't think there's any doubt. Um, yeah, and I do think it would take a quite abysmal season for him to get kicked out. We'll probably break this down more when we do the team specific podcasts. Um, but if if it goes bad early and stays bad, yeah, then then we're looking we're looking at a possibility of something like that happening. Yeah. All right. You got anything else, my man? Hmm. Other than can't wait to hit the beach tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. Is it good? It's supposed to be warm up here? I'm I'm assuming it's going to be warm down in your neck of the woods too. It's going to be warm-ish. I mean, being so close to the lake, it's not nearly as warm as a little bit further inland. Um, that does change later in the season, but. It will be a good beach day. I mean, getting into a holiday, people are going to be everywhere. And so that's take a great... the long 200-yard trek down to the beach and hang out tomorrow. Well, I hope it's a good long weekend for you. I got two extra days off, like I, I would think most people listening to the podcast, Monday and Tuesday. So if you're listening to the podcast, happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America, to everybody that's listening. Kurt, got anything else you want to add? Hashtag America. Hashtag America. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.